Hello and welcome to this Nutri-Ingredients podcast. I'm Nikki Hancock, editor of Nutri-Ingredients Europe, and in this episode I'm speaking to Theo Wiley, who is first and foremost a scientist with several years experience in the healthcare and pharmaceutical industry, but he's always had a fascination with genomic science and precision medicine and has recently founded the personalised nutrition company Wiley Nutrition, which leverages nutrigenetic testing as well as lifestyle and biometric data to provide personalised sports and health supplements to help fuel optimal performance. In this episode, we discuss how he hopes to optimise sports nutrition via this service. We also discuss ethics in this space and his vision of the future of personalised nutrition. He also briefly discusses a question posed to him during the recent Sports and Active Nutrition Summit hosted by my colleagues on the Nutri-Ingredients US title. I started this conversation by asking Theo about his career history and what led him to this venture. Yeah, absolutely. And first of all, thank you very much for for having me. It's uh, it's a pleasure. Um, but yeah, to talk a little bit about, about my background. So um, my educational background uh, is in human biosciences, uh, evolutionary biology and genetics. Um, and then I've since spent the best part of the last decade in the pharmaceutical biotech industry, um, sort of on the commercial side selling um, both sort of software and, and uh, um, service-based products into into pharma, but uh, more recently working in the genetics space, um, uh, sort of selling clinical trial services into pharma and biotech businesses, looking at you know trying to find uh, patients with with rare diseases and and supporting sort of the clinical development life cycle. So my kind of whole world has been around um, the the health space. Um, but you know, my real passion is in is in preventative care. So ultimately, um, what we're trying to do with with our business at Wiley Nutrition is apply those principles of precision medicine into uh, um, the the space of health and wellness and consumable um, products. So, um, yeah, my my kind of world has has led to this this moment in time now where we're we've built a, a large technology um, uh, and system that's evidence based. Um, which we're then hopefully bringing to market later on this year. Excellent. So I read on your website um, that your com- company is promising to provide the most powerful insights that you'll find on the market to help better understand <laughs> your body and its unique nutritional and activity-related needs. Um, so can you tell us how you're doing this? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the... Um, fundamental sort of principle of our algorithm and system is based on just over a thousand peer-reviewed scientific papers Um, and uh, we kind of pulled knowledge from the nutrition space we pulled knowledge from um, the genetic space sports performance Um, so basically all the the most novel scientific research in the space to uh, effectively calculate um, these polygenic risk scores combined with, um, you know, survey insights, data from individuals themselves that they provide that's both qualitative and quantitative in nature. Um, and effectively what we do is provide two, two separate deliverables. One is this uh, in-depth health insights report. So as I said, we calculate uh, scores on things like a genetic predisposition to deficiency in a range of uh, micronutrients like vitamin A through E uh, specific minerals like magnesium, calcium, etc., uh, and then also looking at macronutrient uh, sort of sensitivities as well. So, carbohydrate sensitivity, fat sensitivity, 
and so on. And then we pull together also genetic predispositions to things like muscle mass predisposition, um, uh, endurance response, uh, strength response, uh, and also specific injuries as well. So we can say, you know, perhaps uh, what's your propensity for lower back injury, ACL. So we look at collagen synthesis um, and, and sort of tissue architecture, things that encode for for uh, um, kind of uh, those sorts of tissues. So it's a whole range of different things. So that's the, the sort of report side of things. So that's uh, part of our platform. And the other side is we deliver on a monthly basis uh, based on all of that information and data. Uh, a fully bespoke ingredient profile for uh, a supplement. So we manufacture other, uh, manufacture those ourselves, uh, and then we send them out on a subscription basis to to customers. And so, what sort of supplements are we talking about here? What sort of format? Uh, so they're all powder based at the moment. Uh, we will look into sort of other. Uh, vehicles, I guess you could say things like uh, tablets and, and and pills and and, and gummies, etc. Uh, but really, the reason why we're we're going with powders at this point in time is just because of the the nature of uh, being able to provide clinical dosaging is just incredibly challenging, uh, especially when you're you're dealing with smaller smaller scale things. You know, what part of the whole grand vision of the company is to to help move away from people having to take a you know a mountain of of tablets daily um so it's it's powder based um but they really fit that kind of full life cycle of um uh, timing uh, so to speak so things like pre-workout intra-workout uh, post-training um we we sort of formulate uh, on on that basis so customers can effectively provide their preferences you know if you're a, a cyclist you're probably able to take on board um, you know, product during your your workouts or your training or your games themselves. Whereas, you know, if you're a um, a, a weightlifter uh, or if you're a basketball player, for instance, it's unlikely you're going to be taking on board a whole load of products beforehand uh, or during the game rather. So um, we kind of formulate based on on, on customer preference, um, especially on outcomes too, right? Because from a personalized perspective. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of different ingredients that do a lot of different things. So um, we're not trying to cover all the bases at once, but it's it's based on the specific outcome that the, the customer wants to achieve. Okay, and so it, the, each supplement that you create for the consumer will actually be personalised to them, or is it there's a range of products and you will choose the appropriate products for the consumer? Yeah, so everything is fully bespoke on an end-to-end basis. So. We don't just, uh, um, you know, take a load of measurements and then signpost towards pre-existing sort of off-the-shelf products. Um, the dosage from from A to Z is completely personalised based on the genetic data they provide, uh, the survey insights that that we gather from them, and then also uh, blood testing data for those that are willing to to go through the uh, the pain of a finger prick exam to uh, uh, collect that. Yeah, so um, really fascinating stuff. Um, But to get on to the testing side of things then, um, can you give me an idea of then the consumer journey then, uh, how they uh, get the tests, how they do the tests, uh, how they get the results, etc.? Sure. So it's it's a really exciting space right now to be in um, from the genetics side. Um, but, uh, you know, ultimately, as a customer sort of goes through our site, um, they, they pay for uh, one of the sort of programs uh, effectively. Uh, and what we do is we send them out a salivary sampling kit for uh, genetic testing. Um, 
they basically spit into a tube. It's not as glamorous as it sounds. Uh, um, it probably takes about, about 10 minutes. It's a reasonable amount of saliva resample. Um, and then we send that off to uh, our lab, uh, which then analyzes, analyzes the, the sample itself. Uh, well, we extract it and then analyze the, the genetic material within that. Uh, and we do whole genome sequencing, um, which means we look at 100% of a customer's genome, um, as opposed to uh, a small sliver, which is, you know, most often what many consumer genetics companies look at, where they, uh, you know, uh, if you're familiar with 23andMe, Ancestry.com, they tend to look at about 0.03% of your entire genome. And there's good reason for that. One is is cost, but two is also um, the amount of data um, that, that, that kind of comes out of that. Um, and also the amount of knowledge that we have about the genetics sphere. Um, they really focus on those that we have current knowledge and data on. Um, but what we do, and the reason why we use whole genome sequencing is because we want to effectively start to analyze beyond just that small sliver of data that we currently have. We want to make continuous connections, continuous optimizations of the uh, sort of algorithm that we have contribute to scientific research. So, so once the, uh, the sample comes back to the lab, we analyze it. Um, the data then gets fed into our algorithm and platform. The customer receives sort of an email, say, hey, come back in. We've analyzed your sample. You can have a look at your report. Um, so the customer can review this uh, really in-depth, um, over 75 uh, different reports on, on all of their data. Uh, they answer a few survey questions as well. Um, and then uh, the system basically prompts them and says, hey, we have your, um, your ingredient profile ready and prepared for you. Um, tick the box to confirm that pings off a, a sort of a signal to our manufacturing team who then throw that together and and send it off to the customer. So there's a lot that goes on in the back end, but ultimately the customer gets some really amazing insights and then a product that has a, a real profound effect on on their health and performance. Excellent. And so when you say come back in, um, I assume the results are provided via an app or something like that. Yeah. So we have a web app. Uh, built um, so um, yeah they, they they sort of log into a, an online portal and then they get access to all the the goodies that we have to share for them and then they get to speak to a, a health expert or do they talk through the results with someone yeah so we have sort of that that counseling service that we can build in um, uh, that, that, that basically you know is a is a, a counselor that walks through hey here's a, a you know, the, the reason or here's how we've calculated your scores. Here's the reason why your your motivation to exercise might be slightly lower than average, et cetera, et cetera. Because, you know, as we know, with when it comes to genetics, um, there's a whole load of other things that are important, not just what your genetic code says, right? Um, so um, there's a, there's elements there where uh, we educate customers on on what exactly those things mean. They're not necessarily predictive, but they are very helpful metrics for us to to build upon uh, for the foundation uh, of of the knowledge that we have, and then the sort of feedback that we then continuously collect from customers over time. Um, you know, that then makes the the insights that we provide much more more accurate. So can you tell us whereabouts you are in this journey at the moment in terms of um, when you launched? And, um... Sure, absolutely. So, I mean, the you know technically our, our business is, is around two and a half years old, um, but it took uh, probably about um, 
12 months to build the scientific sort of foundation. So as I said before, we have um, over a thousand uh, scientifically reviewed uh, or, or clinically reviewed papers um, that are uh, the basis from which we, we built the, the, the system. Um, and so that took a, a reasonable amount of time. Um, and then from the development piece uh, for our platform and algorithm, um, that took another couple of, uh, to, to actually today um, is the, the day we've, we've launched the, the first iteration of our product for beta testers, which is uh, an amazing achievement. So uh, we're really, really happy, as you could probably hear in my voice. Um, it's, a, it's a massive relief, <laughs> um, as these things always take longer than you expect them to. Uh, but that, you know, the development of the platform took about uh, another 10 months on top of that. Um, and so now um, we are just initiating, as mentioned, our, our beta testing for uh, around 50 customers. So we've had a, a number of people already go through the process of sort of genetic testing. And then what we're doing is collecting baseline uh, scores of, of a, a range of sort of performance metrics that look at different uh, energy systems. So low skill type um, exercises, things like trap bar deadlifts, uh, mile run times, um, bike sprints, things of that nature to really collect that baseline um, that we're then going to benchmark and uh, reassess over the next three months. So there'll be a 12 week testing period for these uh, customers uh, where we'll continuously collect performance data, uh, we'll context, uh, collect uh, 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 sort of subjective feedback in terms of how they feel, uh, et cetera. Um, and uh, we also collect blood testing to validate that the things that we're providing to them are actually having a significant effect on their biology. Okay. And so over the next six months, we'll be conducting this sort of testing, uh, assessing efficacy, um, gathering that data. And then towards the end of this year, we're going to go through our, our pre-seed funding round uh, as we've been bootstrapping to date, which is uh, an absolute nightmare. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Um, traditionally, companies do it the other way around where they'll uh, they'll raise off the idea uh, and then... Uh, and then go and build the the system and and then raise again to to validate it so we've gone sort of the the other way around but i'm very happy we've done it this way and we're, we're gonna um hopefully be commercializing um fully early 2024 once we've got all that um scientific validation in place to to really support the the messaging that we put out there yeah absolutely so um you've mentioned there it sounds like you're really focusing on athletes um is that the case? Is, is that going to be your target market, sort of pro athletes, or are you expecting to get a mix of the sort of more mass market consumer as well? Yeah, so it's a great question. Um, ultimately, um, the people that see kind of the, the largest value in this um, at this stage is, is sort of top level athletes because, you know, they're, they're already paying really close attention to a lot of things. Um, but it's very unusual at this stage to, to really pay as close attention to your nutrition and uh, and things like that um, as, as as looking at genetics and blood testing etc there's um it's still some way to go on that front but ultimately um that's kind of where we're getting our testing uh, done is in those athletic populations because then we can say hey we we absolutely absolutely know this works because we've seen some really great outcomes in this amazing you know population of people okay. uh, who are already elite in nature but you know real really this is a, a mass market product um you know, most people, uh, ultimately, a lot of the problem statements that we talk about is, is most people, um, you know, don't know what supplements to take, um, how much of those supplements to take based on sort of clinical dosing, um, and then where to buy them and find them. So uh, 
the the problem we're really solving is to support those customers through that journey of understanding their biology and then providing them with tangible products that can actually help them succeed in whatever outcome it is that they choose. So whether that is just to be a little bit healthier or whether that's to um, you know, increase their bench press or, or increase, you know, speed up their, their marathon time. Um, you know, our, our product, you know, is, is, is kind of designed to support both ends of those spectrums. Um, so that's kind of, uh, our plan uh, to move forwards and the testing in the space of genetics now has come down to a point where it's a reasonable, uh, cost. Um, you know, we've only, tested the i mean the first whole genome sequenced ever was back in 2001 so the science is still in its infancy really we've got 20 years under our belts and the cost of that first genome was upwards of a billion pounds whereas now it's come down to about 200 dollars um per per sample sequence so it means that regular consumers now have access to this amazing wealth of knowledge that we're continuously building upon on a year by year basis. So it's a really exciting space to be, but we see our, our product having both support in the athletic populations as well as general consumers. And we're already looking at doing some work with the NFL alumni Academy with Dr. Robert Wildman out in the, in the U S which is amazing to, to sort of see that kind of support. So we're going to work with those top level athletes and hopefully carry them through to the NFL uh, carry us through to the NFL with them. Um, but yeah, ultimately we're, we're looking at the mass market. Okay. Excellent. And so you mentioned the cost there. So around $200, did you say, or? Yeah. So that's for the, the genetic testing itself. Um, it costs around 200 pounds, $200, um, depending on, on which side of the pond you fit in. It tends to be a little bit higher in the, the UK just by virtue of the fact that, you know, we don't necessarily have uh, the best or, or as much infrastructure to do these tests and scales the US do. So we tend to see a similar one-to-one ratio in terms of the cost of testing. Um, but in terms of our actual our actual costs, so um, obviously the, the testing is the upfront cost. That's kind of the pay-to-play um, aspect, uh, which costs, yeah, as I say, around 200 pounds. Um, and then from a monthly basis, customers will pay around a hundred pounds subscription. Um, and that's still, you know, that there's still some variance in that. Um, but ultimately once you do the economics of, if you're already taking supplements, you're, you're paying, you know, around 50 pounds for your protein on a monthly basis, paying another 20 to 30 pounds for your creatine. If you take pre, uh, pre-workout, there's, there's another 30, 40 pounds and then multivitamins, omega threes, you end up spending, you know, upwards of you know, 120, 150 pounds. So really from an economic standpoint, once you pull that all together, a hundred pounds a month on a subscription basis, we think that's kind of the sweet spot. There's already some, some companies like athletic greens, um, that charge a similar amount, uh, for non-personalized products. So, um, we're hoping that we'll find some, some real traction in with that price point in the market. We want to make this affordable for everyone, not just, just athletes. Okay. And I'm just thinking about um, mass market um, view of personalized nutrition. It seems that uh, consumers are definitely quite keen on taking stool samples and finding out about their microbiome health. And uh, consumers are quite comfortable and happy to do this. Um, what's your view on this side of personalized nutrition? Um, is it something that you would ever consider perhaps adding into your service? Yes, absolutely. So, I, I mean, the, the space of personalized, 
personalized nutrition is is growing rapidly year on year. There's some amazing companies out there like Zoe, uh, who are basically, um, you know, treating their entire business as a as a scientific study, which I think is amazing. And that's kind of how how we're wanting to approach this. And in the same way that the pharmaceutical industry and the the biotech industry um, uh, conducts research, right? It's it's done by industry. And, and unfortunately, when it comes to nutrition, the uh, um, the it's very challenging for academics and researchers to to get enough funding to support the kind of research that we want to do so my view is hey we want the 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 kind of research to be driven by industry um and then we get it peer reviewed and things like that um so in terms of the microbiome research that's being done uh, there are quite a few consumer companies that are, are kind of conducting that uh, doing stool samples and yeah probiotic companies um my biggest uh, sort of hesitation with with some of that at the moment is based primarily on the fact that we don't actually know uh, what's good right now when it comes to microbiome diversity. We have a general sense that the more diversity, the better, which is is great. Um, you know, which means you know have a lot of different colored fruits and vegetables, roughage, eat a lot of variation of food, right? Um, and you end up with a greater diversity and that seems to be better for health, but actually we don't know exactly what is good and what is bad in terms of those total uh, diversities, right? We, uh, I spoke on a panel um, uh, in San Diego at the, the Sports and Active Nutrition Summit with a, an amazing researcher called uh, Chad Kirksick, who's um, done some brilliant research recently into uh, CrossFit athletes and their microbiome diversity over the period of the CrossFit Games. And it showed some amazing results that basically said that over the period of the Games, um, her, what the athlete that they looked at, who was one of the top female athletes at the time, uh, her microbiome diversity dramatically declined uh, at, or microbiome diversity plus um, actual quantities declined over the period of the games, which showed that exercise had a pretty significant effect or intense exercise had a very significant effect on that. And as uh, she sort of came out of the games in recovery, that microbiome diversity suddenly bloomed again. So it shows there's this adaptability and perhaps there's different diversities that are better for certain outcomes. And I think that's probably what we'll see in the future is that, hey, if you want to get better at your endurance training, you should try and approach your um, your sort of nutrition to encourage a slightly different type of uh, sort of microbiome population, which is really interesting. But so to answer your question in a very long-winded roundabout way, I would absolutely include that in our service. Right now, we're starting with the foundation, which is the sort of genomics piece. And then the view is to, to build on all of these additional data sets, where, whether it's microbiome, whether it's blood testing, whether it's uh, some kind of omics technology. Um, we're, we're definitely open to it. We've just got to make sure we've got the, the scientific validation there first. And um, I'm sure you've been met with this question in the past um, about sort of how helpful it really is for someone to know whether they're genetically predisposed to a certain disease um so for example if someone was to see that they aren't predisposed to a certain disease they might stop worrying about their their nutrition or or if someone saw that they were predisposed to something then they might i don't know start to think oh well what i eat won't make a difference have you ever been met with that uh sort of more cynical view of genetic testing before and what do you say to that yeah absolutely and I, I've sort of battled with this idea myself right if 
um, you know, there's there's certain things that you can control and certain things that you can't, which is the the real challenging piece, right? You know, if you're um, you know told that um, you have a you know a high chance, uh, like me, you know, I, I hold uh, um, some of the the genetic variants, which mean I'm about two to four times more susceptible to having Alzheimer's disease uh, by the age of seventy five. Um, so that's information for me that says, okay, I have a higher risk, but you know, if I'm, um, you know, more active, I pay attention to my nutrition, I use, um, you know, uh, I get good sleep. Um, I can kind of control all these variables that mean that actually my, my total risk is probably lower than that of the average individual. But now when we talk about something like Huntington's disease or MS, which are more deterministic with respect to genetics, um, you know, there, there's a, a it's a different story right um you know if, if you can pretty much guarantee and say hey you're going to have this you know horrible neurodegenerative disease that's gonna pretty it's pretty much guaranteed to occur then there's a lot of counseling that needs to sort of happen um and there's lots of athletes actually recently that have, have sort of come out and said hey you know I'm, I'm now been diagnosed with als or motor neuron disease and and that's something that's really challenging and it's not something we can really control right now so it's really a balance between those things what what we're trying to do is steer a little clear of of the real hardcore health um pieces of, of disease states cardiovascular uh, etc uh, alzheimer's um things like that we're, we're really focusing on the nutrition piece and then things like um you know injury predispositions and and uh, um, adaptability to exercise so um yeah yeah that makes sense now your website mentions um how the use of influencer marketing can spread misinformation um, so I was just interested to hear about your opinions on this form of marketing uh, within the nutrition space and whether this is a method you think you will use at all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the real challenge is is, is controlling a lot of that misinformation. Um, uh, it's it's there's not much we can really do at this stage. You know, social media, social media, and and people are going to espouse what they believe. And and unfortunately, when it comes to nutrition. Um, it's it's tends to be people what i find is people tend to confuse nutrition with ideology and so there's this battle between hey you know i want to eat a certain way and hey you should eat a certain way because of x or because of y you know you have paleo you have vegan you have um, um uh, you know carnivore all battling for this space and and believing what they they think is the most healthy option uh, kind of how we're approaching it is to say, hey, you know, everyone is different um, and everyone has different requirements. You might feel great on paleo. You might feel great on on a vegan diet. But actually, what does your you know genetics say? What does your blood say is that you may have deficiencies in these spaces? And those are things you can control. Um, and you might feel very different from someone else who swears by the certain you know nutritional uh, ideology that they subscribe to. So um <laughs> I think the, the the key to managing that is is putting out educational content um, that that can kind of help steer people away from getting sucked into that that world of nutritional ideologies. Um, uh, we, of course, um, from an you know, it's it's difficult because when you when you talk about influencers, right, you bucket everyone into this same um, kind of uh, category of yeah. you know just someone that's that's popular. Um, An influencer generally is a bit of a dirty word, but you know we're going to work with and we do work with uh, athletes who 
just happen to be well known in their space because um, you know they're a, a you know amazing athlete. Um, so our, our view is to work with those kind of individuals who can help share really educational content um, that uh, are doing the things themselves rather than parroting what someone's paid them to do. So um, we we're kind of trying to tackle it uh, from a real scientific perspective as opposed to just a marketing play. Because the influence of marketing thing really goes against um, the personalized nutrition ideology because people will look at an influencer, see them, you know, saying this is what I eat in a day. And the sort of the underlying message there is if you eat what I eat in a day, you could look like me. And exactly what we're being told by personalized nutrition science is that that is not the case. Everyone's completely different. Everyone needs completely different diets and food to look and and, and even then you're not going to look the same um, (laughs) but yeah it's great to hear that you're going to be working with um, athletes and uh, putting out the educational messages that uh, need to be heard in those spaces so looking to the future then how do you see your own offering and the the wider personalized nutrition market evolving as the technology and the research develops yeah, I think it's just that. I think it's it, it will get very much better over time. Um, I think a lot of the criticism that that you know maybe the one size fits all market tends to have is that hey, we don't actually you know know yet uh, a lot of these things. And um, my answer is uh, we have a decent foundation, um, but you're absolutely right. There's there's a lot more we need to understand and and. Part of um, what I said earlier with respect to, you know, having these commercial businesses uh, really drive forward the research is to to treat their cohorts of customers like a cohort in a scientific study and and continuously obtain feedback data. So something that we built into our system is um, this sort of machine learning and, and artificial intelligence um, a, a kind of feedback loop um, that allows our algorithm to continuously optimize based on, hey, John's genetics look a little similar to Sally's um, and the ingredient profile that we provide to Sally has shown us some some really effective outcomes. So why don't we apply that same thinking to to John's based on um, that kind of feedback that we've got. So um, uh, one thing that I'm really keen for us to do is is contribute to the the mountain of scientific literature that's building up and and really be sort of driving um, from the front, so to speak, um, and learning as we go. I think um, you know even in the one size fits all space, there's a lot of innovation that happens all the time, and and there's products that are put out that aren't necessarily scientifically validated or backed up. So it's um, something that we're trying to really combat by saying, hey, we're going to use. Um, this learning to really support um, this provision over time. And uh, that's kind of where we're going. So as I said before, our our offering will expand uh, with respect to sort of different features of testing that we can build in and perhaps different vehicles of personalization and different vehicles of of, uh, um, uh, kind of provisions of products so not just powder-based supplements but but uh, other things like even rtds etc um which is a whole nother ball game to, to 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 sort of real really tackle from a manufacturing perspective um but yeah um the the view for us is science and that's the way forward okay was there anything else tool that um you would like to add before we wrap up yeah absolutely i think i think the only other thing i would say is we get this question all the time um with respect to you know, can we make 
recommendations. Um, and uh, um, I thought it was probably pertinent to, to sort of answer this here. Um, you know, I actually got that when we were on the panel discussion at SANS last month. Um, but ultimately, um, when someone asks, you know, can you make recommendations based on, you know, this uh, sort of personalization piece? Do we know enough? I think the 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 answer is well, absolutely. We can make personalized. We can make recommendations because kind of we're already doing it right. Um, and actually, if you you think about it, you know, you have a you know your 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 mum or a friend come to you and and ask you, hey, what should I be taking? You know, nutrition, Nikki. Like, can you give me some recommendations of some supplements I should take? You can make these reasonably educated guesses because you have expertise in the space. Um, and then if you think about general one size fits all market. You know, they, the products that they put out are ultimately recommendations. They're one size fits all recommendations for, hey, do you do CrossFit? Do you go to the gym? Here's a product that's going to help you. Mm -hmm. What we're saying is, hey, we can make these recommendations based on this mountain of scientific research and peer reviewed literature. Um, and uh, um, we think that that's a really powerful way to go about making these recommendations. And when someone's actually asking that question, usually what they're saying is one, um, is it safe to make these recommendations? And two, is there scientific research that's backing um, that that sort of recommendation? So for us, um, both of those things we cover out because one, from a safety perspective, the things that we're providing are third-party tested. Um, so all the ingredients that we purchase are from third-party um, tested suppliers. So things like Informed Sport, NSF, and BSCG, uh, making sure there's no contaminants. You know, one in five supplements on the market today are tainted with prohibited substances, right? So uh, we're making sure we're, we're mitigating that risk. But then also the, the ingredients that we're providing is, is nothing sexy, really. It's your, your vitamins and minerals plus the, the things that have a mountain of scientific research behind them, like whey protein, your... Uh, creatines, your caffeines, right? So there's um, a lot of things we're doing to combat that. And, uh, you know, I just hope uh, everyone in the market will see this as a real positive uh, spin on on whether the industry is going to be moving over the next 20, 30 years. Absolutely. Brilliant. Thank you so much for your insights. It's been wonderful to speak to you. Yeah, really appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity.